Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Does anyone besides us have a challenging kid or two? Or two. If so, you are going to love this conversation. And if you don't have kids but like movies, I think you're still going to love this conversation. You guys, we had the privilege of talking to Sheila Irwin, author of the book Raising Up Dreamers and the mother of the award-winning filmmakers, the Irwin Brothers. You guys, her family is absolutely incredible. And most of them, Kevin, have their own Wikipedia pages. Yes, they do. And as you will hear, as she was discussing some parenting tips, just our luck, uh. our three-year-old actually escaped out of his room, <laughs> which was a very, very embarrassing moment for Steph and I. You guys, we can't wait for to hear this conversation with Sheila Irwin. I'm Kevin. And I'm Stephanie. And during our marriage, we have dealt with an electrocution, a brain tumor, brain surgery. Then doctors telling us that children were not in our future followed by miscarriage, and then Kevin's cancer diagnosis. However, today, we live a life completely healed and restored with three healthy children who doctors said were not possible. And we're here to tell stories that inspire, give hope, and brighten your day. Welcome to Tell Us a Good Story. This episode is being presented to you by Luby Companies, a custom home builder here in central Ohio. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. Stuff. There is so much that we're gonna be able to talk to. With I just want to squeeze her. I want to <laughs> squeeze her. I want to hug her. I know you do. Her little southern twang. <laughs> I already just love this woman. Well, friends, our next guest, I am sure, has probably won a few Mom of the Year awards. She is the mother of two award-winning filmmakers, John and Andy Irwin, and author of the book, Raising Up Dreamers, which is published by Focus on the Family. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to tell us a good story, Mrs. Sheila Irwin. Oh, Miss Sheila, thank, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. This is fun. This is going to be great. Thank you for saying yes to us. Mm. And I was telling Steph beforehand, of course, your book is called Raising Up Dreamers, but Sheila, I think it should be called The Child Whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> it originally was supposed to be from homeschool to Hollywood, but focus changed oh. it. They didn't want to move. So, okay. Yeah. Because like all the tricks you have as a mother. Of two boys. Of two rambunctious boys. Yep. I'm like, okay, she's got some experience. Thank God she wrote a book. Can she counsel us? <laughs> we kind of need counseling on just one son. She had two. Well, to level set our audience. Can you please tell us about your family before we get into some of the details of your book and, and all of that? Absolutely. We have two sons. Andy is 43 and John is 39. And they are filmmakers, as you well know. They've made four major motion pictures. They have a movie in the theater right now, American Underdog. And they started it when they were 12 and 16 doing this. And then we have the most amazing daughter-in-laws. Uh, we call them Daughters in Love. And they are absolutely amazing women and just right for each of our boys. And then we have seven, <laughs> seven grandchildren. It's great. And we all live here in Franklin, Tennessee. We used to live in Alabama and, and lived in a little community where we all lived within walking distance. And we kind of tried to duplicate that here in Franklin. Uh, and John does live around the corner with his four but Andrew lives about seven miles away. I know that's not far, but it's quite an adjustment for my grandchildren not to be able to hop on their bikes and come to my house. Andy's the rebellious kid, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they just found a, they found some land and they loved it. And, you know, he's a gentleman farmer, which means he does no farming. <laughs> 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 um, 
maybe has a garden. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. Well, you, you talked about your daughters-in-laws, yes. right? How did you handle that as parents? You and your husband, Hank. Were there ever moments where John or Andy brought somebody home from college and you're just like, nope, not that uh, one. Not that one. Not that like, one. how did you do that as a parent? Okay, I'm not going to address that question. <laughs> <laughs> That's Let's bad. just say there were several, uh, several, you know, that, that they, well, either they figured out that it wasn't of the Lord or we kind of counseled them in that direction. But we actually started very young incorporating into them that we were to be a part of the process and they wanted us to be a part of the process. And so the dad's rule was can't marry a girl unless mom approves. And my rule was don't bring me a girl that doesn't love me. <laughs> so, oh, I like so, that. Because we're such a tight knit family and we did so much together in ministry and all kinds of things that that would have been a catastrophe. Really. It was John, John, the younger son married first uh, at 22 and he and Beth had known each other all their lives. And I know we'd known their mother. Hank went to Bible college with her parents, but after they married, then it was okay. Now then we're praying for a girl that not only loves mom, but that loves Beth as well. And God answered that prayer. And we just tried to speak into their lives and prayed for them and taught them about what a godly relationship looks like and and mentored that. I mean, Hank and I are fixing to celebrate 50 years of wonder. So that's all of us. <laughs> uh, I love that. Okay, I have a question. Okay. We were talking about your book earlier. You made a great point in your book, and it said, I wonder if Billy Graham's mom knew her son would one day be preaching to the world about salvation. Was there ever a moment when you were raising your boys that you're like, I think they were made for this greatness that God has for them? Well, at one time when they were very little, uh, I was listening to the song, When Others Saw a Shepherd Boy, God Saw a King. Uh, and God kind of in my heart just kind of said, hold on, <laughs> you know, I've got a plan for these boys. I didn't know what it was. They were 12 and 16 when they came to their dad who had, you know, he was in radio and television. So they'd grown up around that world. I mean, you know, they thought everybody's daddy was on TV. Um, <laughs> and so, but at 12 and, and 16, he was allowing them to work uh, with the cameras there in his live TV show. And they came to their dad and said, you know, dad, we really believe God wants us to make Christian movies someday. And Hank said, go for it. He said, if that's really what God's put in your heart, uh, dream big, dream bold. He can do anything. And so as a mom, in my heart from the very beginning, I knew that this was of God. And I knew that God was going to do it. How he was going to do it? The scale to which he's done it? No. My dream was small. A movie? <laughs> right. You know, maybe. Isn't it interesting, though? Like, we dream small, but God has such bigger dreams than what we could ever think. Well, there was one other thing that Hank told them during that story, right? Yes. Can you, can you share what that was? Uh, two things, actually. Uh, one, he said, you're going to have to give your life to it. It's going to take 20 years before your success. Uh, their breakout movie, which was I can only imagine that made $85 million in the box office, was their 20th year. Oh. And, you know, that was their, what their dad told them. And then the other the other one, somebody asked me, how did he come up with 20? And I said, I don't know. I just said 20 years. I just think it was going to take a while. Um, <laughs> but then the, uh, the other one was the wow factor, which we lived our lives by in our home. And the wow factor is this. If somebody looks at your work and they say, that's good. You say, mm -mm, not done. Be back. You know, you take it and you work on it until you go back and they go, oh, my goodness. Wow. And so they always try to do above and beyond what was expected of them. And God's honored that. 
Okay, you were just talking about grossing $85 million at the box office. That first weekend, when you guys just saw the numbers climbing and climbing and climbing, like as a family, were you guys on the phone? Was there like text messages going back and forth? Like, were you just all freaking out when it was just climbing like crazy? So the last premiere was in Dallas. And by the time you've done four or five of these, you're not going in the theater really and watch the movie, I'll be honest with you. Oh, really? What you do is you walk the red carpet, you get in a limo and go back to the hotel and, <laughs> and, and have a party. But anyway, and so, so, but this time the hotel was actually completely glassed in the room we were in and overlooked the theater. Oh, okay. Um, and which was really kind of cool. And the numbers begin to come in. And Kevin Downs, who is one of their producer, is just such, he's like a family member and he's just a jolly. He was sitting over in the corner with his phone going, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he said, this is like a slot machine. I mean, you know, it was just. Anyway, not that Kevin would know what a slot machine is like. But anyway, um, but he was just seeing that we were overwhelmed. We were overwhelmed. I mean, you know, and it's, it just went higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. And, it, and by the weekend, it was obvious it was going to be an incredible thing. And so it was fun. Now, Miss Sheila, that is what's called the God wow factor. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, yes. He outdoes us every time. Yes, I mean, he know, does. Yes, he does. He does. Well, I love how you stated in the book that the first films that your boys did turned into a family project. Yes. Can you tell the story with Steph of the boys were making a short documentary on Patrick Henry's speech? Yes. And they came to you and still as adults, they're still reaching out to mom for help, <laughs> right? Which is, it, that's so true. Yeah, very beginning. So can you tell that story of how you guys got involved with this film? Oh, okay. This was only a $25,000 budget. So you can imagine it was only a 15 minute documentary for a place called the American Village. And and they said, well, we want to do a little clip with Patrick Henry speech. So they were like, okay, well, how can we do this with no money? I mean, you know, you got to have costumes. You so they called me and they said, mom, could you and Connie, that's his mother-in-law, who's my dear friend, and we both sew. And he said, could you and Connie make some coats for us? And so I said, yeah, I guess we could. And he said, well, okay. And I said, well, how many you need, baby? And he said, oh, 70. <laughs> and I said, huh? <laughs> and he said, 70. And vest and coats, mom, we've got the pants. And I said, uh, uh, okay. And how long do I have to do this? And he said, two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, two weeks. <laughs> okay. So we turned, our boys were, uh, Connie and Wayne are, are head of the biggest homeschool group in Alabama, uh, about 700 families that we had a huge <laughs> building and with big tables and all this. And we, we started a sweatshop. <laughs> and if you couldn't sew, you could cut, right? You know, by the end, we were gluing buttons on, but who cares? It's, you know, it's not real. Uh, but we got it done. So, yeah. And then another follow-up on that was they were doing the uh, music video with Casting Crowns, Slow Fade. Oh, yes. Yeah, Slow Fade. And they actually won their first dub award with that one. But anyhow, the uh, John called again and with his mama, I need something, boys. And said, uh, Mom, um, you know, I'm an art, I was an art major in school. And he said, Mom, didn't you teach a class on stained glass? I said, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. He said, well, could you make a stained glass for us? for this video. And I said, sure, me and my big mouth. I, I, I so I said, how big are they? He said, 
three feet by seven feet. I said, I bet you <laughs> So we had to make them. The funny part of that was Connie's husband is a pastor as well. So she said, oh, you know, maybe we could use these these on because it was the cross and I forgotten what else was on. And I said, she said, well, maybe we could use these on Sunday morning. It was close to Easter. And Beth said, oh, mom, they're going to break them. <gasps> oh. And she said, beg your pardon? <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, go watch Slow Fade. You can still find it on the, on the video with Casting Crowns. You can see my artwork in shambles. But, oh, but, it, anyway. but it comes back to life. You'll have to see it. It's, it starts broken and comes back to life. All right. We got to say time out. Miss Sheila, I'm yeah. so sorry, but if it's going to happen. This is the first time, time this has ever happened. We're out of time? No. Somebody just showed up in our oh, office here. How precious. How he old? Is, he's three, oh. and he's not obeying. So. Uh-oh. Uh, he was supposed to be taking a nap right now, and he got out <laughs> of his room. And as you were telling that last story, I heard him, and I'm like, oh, no, that's not good. Is he coming down the steps? <laughs> and then right as you ended your story, he came in. So, All right, friends. Our show producer, Craig Clawson, has been working behind the scenes to get Tell Us a Good Story nominated for a podcast award. That's right, you guys. And this is where we need your help. From February 24th to March 11th, 2022, you can go to the awards link in our show notes to vote for us in three different podcast categories. Your favorite podcast, also known as the People's Choice Award, Best Podcast of 2021, and Host of the Year. Just do me a favor and vote for my favorite podcast host, which is... Stephanie makes it. Babe! As, as you know, my wife is an absolute rock star, and I would love to show her that. Or you can vote for Kevin because he's a stud, you guys. No, no, no. no. Please go with Stephanie makes <laughs> Our producer has also made a link at kevinandsteph.com backslash vote that will take you directly to the Quill Podcast Awards website. You can only vote one time, so don't try to do this every single day. Kevin, what do, exactly do we win? Probably an Applebee's gift card. Oh, I love that. You guys, thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. So, Steph, we just moved into a new home. You know who's good at homes? I do. Jay Luby. And? Miss Connie Luby. Yes. They build custom homes. They do remodeling. They do office construction. Steph, if you go to lubycompanies.com, they have a picture-by-picture here on their portfolio. And everyone is absolutely amazing. I want every one of them. (laughs) I want that one or that one. Oh, maybe that one. The only problem about lubycompanies.com, it's hard to spell. Uh, there's no way I could spell their last name unless you would have told me. I guarantee they get asked every day, how do you spell that? So friends, it's L-U-E-B-B-E companies.com. Go to that website. Phenomenal pictures of what they do. From new construction to like new renovations, the Luby companies are here to partner with you. They are also a proud sponsor of... Tell us a good story. Oh, Miss Sheila, I'm so sorry. Oh no, heavens, I'm proud of you taking care of it. Oh, girl. So that leads into our next question. So, Miss Sheila, we have a three-year-old toddler right now. (laughs) You need not say more. (laughs) Who you just met, actually. (laughs) He's supposed to be taking a nap. And he's amazing, but like most boys, he's very challenging. And Mm -hmm. reading your book, I want to quote this because this hit home with Steph and I. As I looked at John, my happy, fun-loving (laughs) second-born... I saw a child who was creative, who could make something out of nothing. He was a child who would openly tell me, no, I will not for hours on end. And then later on, you say, you see, 
I saw such wonderful traits unfolding in my son's temperaments. Yet at the same time, I saw character issues that if I left unbridled would rise up and destroy them. End quote. So how did you handle this when the boys were growing up with bridling the character issues, with taming those character issues? Because it can be a challenge every single day for young parents like us. Mm-hmm. You make up your mind, you're never going to lose. Mm. And you're not going to give in. But I knew with John, if I ever let him win once, it was over. Um, uh. I mean, you know, this is the little boy that, I mean, this is the guy that can now sell ice cubes to Eskimos. And it's great <laughs> because he needs to sell ice cubes to Eskimos. <laughs> um, but just being consistency. And that's the hardest thing about parenting in the whole wide world. That's why I was so proud of you. You stopped a radio show. That was more important, taking care of your little boy's disobedience than us continuing on this. Praise God. You have to be consistent. My mother told me when I was carrying Andrew, I was an older mom. I was 29 when I had Andy, almost 30. And I had been a principal of a school. And my mother told me, she said, Sheila, if you're not going to be consistent, and disciplining him, don't do it at all. And I said, what? And she said, because inconsistency breeds rebellion. And what it also does is it doesn't just breed rebellion, but it encourages rebellion. If you have a child that really wants to be in charge of the world, which would have been my John, if you once let him be in charge of your world, he will. And if then the next time you don't, he will think, oh, it's worth the fight. Mm. That's a good way of saying it. So I I think the consistency issue and the consistency issue is the hardest thing that you will ever do. There were many times I had to go back to my boys and say, you know, mom's not being consistent in this area and we're going to start back and I'm going to do it. And you're going to be disciplined for it every single time. And this is a funny story about John. So he came to me and he said, mom, I got a question. And we encouraged questions in our home. And I said, okay, what's your question? He said, well, why do I get disciplined so much more than Andy does? <laughs> and I said, oh, great question. He has learned an incredible secret. Do you want to know what it is? He said, yes. And I said, he's figured out that if he doesn't disobey, he doesn't get disciplined. <laughs> and it was like a light bulb went on that little silly head. He looked at me and went, I think I could do that. I think I could do that. He was a different child at that's so I funny. memorized that. I was like, I'm thinking of our middle one, L, and I'm like, okay, L, this is why Emmy does not get in trouble. Yes, yes, as much as you I do. I love that. Okay, you touched upon being a principal. How did you go from being a principal to deciding to homeschool your two boys? Mm. Well, I was a principal at a Christian school in Dallas, Texas, and uh, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. And our boys were in a Christian school and the homeschool movement began to take off. We really had not thought about homeschooling. For one thing, Hank was a part-time staff at that church. And because of that, the boys could go to school for free. When he went full-time with the radio station, we couldn't afford the school for one thing. But the other thing was uh, we were going to homeschool Andy alone because we felt like he was going into sixth grade. He just needed some more encouragement. He needed some more mommy time and daddy time. And and so we decided to homeschool him. Well, then I figured out that I was going to be very hard to homeschool one and be a part of the other world as well. To be part of the school world and the homeschool world, it was just too much for me. 
So we decided to homeschool John. But before that, we had figured out that our John was ADHD when he was in the first grade. I knew there was an issue. I knew he was super intelligent. He has an IQ off the Richter scale, but but was having a hard time concentrating and learning to read and some of those things. And so we brought him home. He tells the story that he was brought home because he was a distraction in the classroom. That was not true. <laughs> what, what really was happening was this classroom was a distraction to him. And uh, so to try to for him to school in that situation was very difficult because if there was a reading group over on the left, he was in the reading group. And if there was a bird out on the window, he was over there as well. You know, so back and forth and back and forth. And he had a hard time concentrating at that point in second grade, the starting of second grade, when he was tested, he tested second grade eighth month. Now, that's not bad. I mean, you know, he's he was grade level. But by the end of that year, homeschooling, he tested eighth grade, fifth month. Oh, my gosh. Uh, he just needed to be home and to be able to do one-on-one with me and to be able to concentrate. I couldn't even do Andy and John in the same room, a homeschool, and they had to be in opposite rooms. So what did people say to you, Miss Sheila? You are a principal. You're a teacher. You are highly educated. What did people say to you when you're, you informed them that you're going to homeschool your children and stay at home? Well, I was already home. Okay. Uh, I was a homeschool mom from the minute Andy was born. But uh, I remember one man saying to me, I t- tell him that I homeschool my children. And he's in a condescending way. He said, what a waste of your education. Mm. And I said, I don't think my boys would say that. And right. so that was kind of the attitude. And I just ignored it. I was doing what God told me to do and what my husband wanted me to do as well. And so we loved it. It was great for us. You kind of just want to go back to that man and be like, you know how you said it was a waste of education? Do you see my two boys right now? How about them apples? How about that? And it's like mic drop and they just walk away. Well, but Steph, here's the thing. I have seen and read Andy has thanked his mom multiple times for what she did to invest in his life, mm-hmm. that it was worth it. And then I've also seen John explain that if he had not been homeschooled, he probably would have dropped out of school later in life. Yes. Because of how much of it was, it was a distraction to him. So her investment of time, energy, effort, life yeah. has came out in spades. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I want to brag on you for a little bit here, Miss Sheila, if you don't mind. <laughs> okay. okay. So for all guests, we give a list of fun facts just to let listeners know what you've done. And Steph, actually, you've seen a few I've of seen these. I've seen it. I asked you if I could read it. She has time. seen these. So first fun fact As she mentioned, before they had Andy and John, she was a teacher and later on a principal of a Christian school in Dallas. Then Miss Sheila here has a very decorated family. Because, Miss Sheila, I don't know if you're aware of this, but looking at your family, most of you have your own Wikipedia page. (laughs) I don't know if you're aware of that. But I'm like, oh my gosh, I click on this person. I'm like, oh my gosh. So her husband, Hank served two terms as the senator for the state of Alabama. Then Hank's father, which is Mishila's father-in-law, is a World War II hero, Henry Red Irwin. He won the Medal of Honor, which is the highest, highest award given out in the U.S. military. And his story was portrayed in the 1951 movie, The Wild Blue Yonder. And then Hank's story, one of Hank's stories as a chaplain, is part of the Woodlawn movie, which is the third film that the Irwin Brothers made. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) You know, the thing that I've learned over the years, I mean, that God's been gracious. I mean, he's been gracious. But the other thing that I've learned is he puts us where he wants us. 
And he gives us a story. Everybody has a story. Yes. If you'll just use it for his glory. You know, there are people that are impressed because I was a principal. I was 25 year, four, five years old and the principal of a Christian school. Uh, there are people that are impressed with the fact that Hank was a state senator. And, you know, we need to not be impressed with ourselves, <laughs> but to be impressed with a God that would allow us to have those kind of credentials in order to use us for his glory in this world that we live in. Well, I think another fun fact here is Miss Sheila is very humble <laughs> and is having a hard time hearing me brag on her. That's another fun fact. <laughs> well, her sons, Andy and John, the Irwin brothers, they began filming Christian music videos and apparently using their mom for the props. <laughs> I can only imagine her reaction when she saw them like, oh my gosh, yeah. you know how much time I spent making that class? Well, if they didn't even tell her that they were oh, going to break, break it, it, and she's watching, she's done it, it's like, oh, all that work. No, I, I knew it was going to be, I knew it was going to be broken, okay. uh, but, but Connie didn't know. So the music videos, though, stuff, they've directed and produced concerts, television programs for all these artists. Ready? Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith, Casting Crowns, Switchfoot, Skillet, Montgomery Gentry, and many others. The Irwin Brothers were honored with wins for Music Video of the Year at the GMA Dove Awards for three consecutive years mm. and nominated 11 times. So as a parent... What is it like, especially that first time, Sheila, when you're at the GMA Dove Awards in Nashville, what is it like to see your boys win this very prestigious award? Somebody somebody asked, was talking to me about you know, how talented the boys were and all this kind of stuff. And they didn't go to film school. In fact, they, got, they recommend kids not to go to film school. But anyway, you know, they were bragging on how talented they were. And I said, well, of course they are. And they looked at me like, well, pfft. And I said, what kind of a God would we have if he called you to do something and didn't give you the ability to do it? Mm. So that's all it is. But the first Dove Award, it was fun. They'd won many awards, but, you know, not anything to this magnitude. And so we all went to the Dove Awards. We don't all go now. But And Hank and I were up in the uh, balcony, and they were down below with their wives. By this time, they were both married. And they were down below with all the stars and all the people down there below and Oh, you know, what you see on the Dove Awards is just an inkling of what goes on that night. I mean, there's it's forever, two or three hours they're filming, you know, and all this stuff. Oh, right. So yeah, got all these other awards and all this kind of stuff. And of course, the video of the year is the last thing that they do. So we were just, you know, we were biting our nails and a nervous wreck. And so anyway, they got up and it was time and they started showing the videos and announcing who it was. And you know, we were holding each other's hands and holding our breath and, uh, then they brought out the envelope and they said, movie of the year, casting crowns, slow fade, Irwin Brothers. And um, we <laughs> we came up out of the seat and started giving each other high fives, kissing each other, hugging and screaming and all this kind of stuff. The funny, I'm sure they were glad we were upstairs. Uh, they, I don't know if they heard us or not. But, but anyway, and then we that night we were uh, going we were going to dinner. They were going to the party. We didn't, you know, we weren't invited to the party. But anyway, we were going to get something to eat. We we're standing in line, and this couple was behind us, and they said, "You're obviously the parents." <laughs> <laughs> Proud parents. Friends, we just want to take a moment here to say thank you to all you loyal listeners. Ah! 
just found out that Tell Us a Good Story is now in the top 1.5% of all podcasts worldwide. And that is because of you guys sharing with your family and friends on social media and giving us positive reviews on all the podcast platforms. And if your friends ask, just tell them they can get our entire catalog of episodes at kevinandsteph.com or wherever they like to get their podcasts. Thank you guys so much for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. Together, Steph, the Irwin brothers have directed and produced seven movies, October Baby, Mom's Night Out, Woodlawn, I Can Only Imagine, I Still Believe, The Jesus Music, and American Underdog. Mm. Did you say Mom's Night Out? Oh, yeah. They, okay. built, they featured it at our church for when we had like Ladies Night Out at our uh-huh, church. Uh-huh. They played it for us. Well, you know, John wrote the script. So somebody, some critic was saying that this thing's a little far-fetched. These things could never happen. He said... They all happened in my house. <laughs> he said, except the saran wrap. It was it was actually packing tape. Really? And, <laughs> yeah, it really happened. I will rewatch it now, just knowing this happened to the Irwin family. The draw the drawings on the wall. Oh my yes. Yeah. What else? I can't remember. That's knowing so that it's happened, like it's happened. true. It's like yeah. a tr- based it on a true story. I just want to rewatch it. <laughs> Just yeah. so we could laugh. Oh, that's awesome. We need to yeah. do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It, if you watch it, Sarah Drew and Sean Aston are John and Beth. Uh-huh. Okay. You know, the whole paranoia of germs. That's our Beth. I mean, she's, really? Oh, yeah. And then Andy and Mandy are the other couple. I can't think of her. Uh, they play that couple with <laughs> twins. That's Andy and Mandy. And, and then Trisha Heaton is me. And um, who else? Oh, that's amazing. This is, ama- this is a good behind the scenes intake of it's this. It's fun. So go back and watch it again. I will. <laughs> yes. That'll be a date night for us. I love it. I love it too. Because you've seen it. I have not seen that. Yeah, it's good. It's oh, you really haven't good. seen it? Oh, you need to see it. I mean, it's a get down on the floor and cry. You laugh so hard. Yes, you will. <laughs> yes, you will. You, what your little boy just did was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> And then the 2018 surprise hit, I Can Only Imagine, became the number one independent film of the year, earning over $85 million at the box office. Amazing. And then, of course, she and her husband, Hank, now have seven grandchildren. And I'm assuming that's like the ultimate reward, grandchildren <laughs> as a parent. Like, I can only imagine how much fun that would be. I had a lot of fun being a parent. My boys were really a lot of fun. But there's just something. That's the reason they call them grand. I mean, you know, and we're, we feel so privileged to be able to spend time with them and to be in their lives. Cause we have so many friends that they don't live close enough. You know, they spend time, but it's Christmas or, you know, it's, it's not that quality of being able to really be in each other's lives. And we, we really feel privileged. And when they were uh, going with Lionsgate and starting a studio here, they came to us and said, we want y'all to move too. And we said, no, we're fine. We've already built our retirement home. We downsized from the big house to the, you know, the smaller home with no yard and uh, everything's downstairs. And now uh, we don't really know we're not going to move. Uh, and so then, th- then they sent the grandchildren over. <laughs> <laughs> Granddad, you have to move. You have to move. Um, and so we began to pray about it and we decided that there was going to come a day when we'd need to live close to them anyway. So go on and do it now. And so we feel very privileged that they wanted us. That sounds familiar, Kev. It does. It's very similar to what happened with your parents. Yes, it is. We had just one grandchild at the time. It was our oldest daughter and my parents had retired. They lived a couple hours away. So we begged them to move here 
my mom was all about it, right? Grandma was all about yeah, it. Your dad Grandpa was, was not like, on board. No, I'm a country boy. I want to live in the country. I don't want to live in the city of Columbus. So we sent the granddaughter, only granddaughter. Two and weekends. After, yep. And after that weekend, they were moving to Columbus. And it was perfect. <laughs> it's been great. It's been amazing. So your book, though, Miss Sheila, Raising Up Dreamers, it is absolutely fantastic. I cannot stress that enough. Just the wisdom, the experience of raising boys and raising kids with big dreams and you not discouraging them in any way. Where can people get this book? They can get it on Amazon. They can get it at Focus on the Family. They can get it at Books a Million. They can get it at Target. They can get it at Walmart. I guess they're still at Walmart. But the easiest is, you know, really Amazon. Miss Sheila, um, when you were, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. I got so excited. When you're walking in Target or walking through Walmart and you look to your right and there's your book, what was that moment like when you saw your book in a store like that? Well, it was fun. It came out during uh, during the pandemic. So that was kind of hard. But we went over to Books a Million and, and we were looking way back in the back section with the children and stuff, but they had it at the front. We, we that's kind of neat. I took a picture of me holding my book up. He took one of the grand, one of our grandchildren and she held it up as well. And uh, one of the youngin that had worked for our boys for a long time had said, when you get your book written, I want you to get Robert welcome to look at that. That's Nancy Lee DeMoss's husband. And I didn't know anything about him, really. He's really, he doesn't take first time authors. But thank goodness I did not know that because I probably wouldn't have been bold enough to actually send it in. And I sent it to him and he decided to take it. And, and we, you know, go through the process of it's laborsome to get everything done so that then they can send it and get you a publisher. That's their job. And I remember the day he said, I'll focus on the family wants it. And oh. Hank was upstairs in his man cave watching, watching football. And I remember he came walking down the stairs and I just crumbled into tears. The fact that focus on the family. <laughs> so I, I guess I just don't dream big enough. Hank's the big dreamer in our, uh, our home that taught our boys to dream, but Mine was maybe somebody somewhere will take it and, you know, it'll get published and put back on the shelf somewhere, but it'll be, a, you know, I'll be a published author and I can sell it at my seminars and all that kind of stuff. But God had a bigger plan. But Sheila, your family dinners would be incredible. <laughs> oh my gosh. You, your husband, I don't know your boys' personalities, but I mean, you have a husband who has been a radio host, a TV host. Say I'm, it. I'm guessing he can talk. Yes. Okay. And, and then your personality and then your boy. It's like, oh my gosh, it is family story time. You want to see our grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have, we don't have a, um, quiet. a shy kid. Yes. I mean, one of our granddaughters is a little bit quiet, but they're, everybody's type A personalities. And so it's just a zoo. I mean, everybody <laughs> talking at one time and all that kind of stuff. But, but, you know, really, we were talking the other day and I was talking to the girls about it. God has done wonderful things and it's been wonderful. But to be honest, the good days, the starting out together where we did everything together and the girls who had a job on set, we all, we miss that. We really do miss that. Uh, you know, they can't operate that way now. I mean, there's no right. way they don't. But those days were where we were all together all the time. And, and now the boys are gone a lot. And it, you know, so we have to make time for family and, and, and that kind of thing. But it's fun. It, it, there's something magical about a film set. I'll be honest. It's fun. So if they okay. ever open them back up again, which, you know, right now they're, they're still not. I mean, okay. this one down in Fairhope, if they're doing that in Fairhope right now, it's just about the same way. Okay. But, wow. but when they do open them back up, we'll have to bring on split set and let you <gasps> see the magic of movie making. 
we're going to keep in touch with the Oh Irwins. my gosh, yes. Absolutely. Well, listeners, for more information about Miss Sheila, you can go to her Facebook page, raisingdreamers.ministries or her website, raisingdreamersministries.org. And we will put all of that information in the show notes so people can just click on it and go right to her website. Perfect. Plus, she's got a great YouTube channel as well, which I watched a lot of those and they were fantastic. So, Miss Sheila, thank you thank so you, very Sheila. much for saying yes to us. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Y'all are great hosts. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's such a relaxed atmosphere. And you ask good questions. It's obvious you've done your homework and it's obvious that you love what you do and Oh, thank, thank you. Well, that's a huge call for coming is. from you. So thank you. Well, come, you know, come up this way. Let us know. We'll have coffee or we'd love to meet y'all. Aw, thank love that. you. That would be fun. Friends, we want to encourage you to please follow us wherever you listen to this, whether it's on the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of the other platforms. You guys, it's completely free. And while you're there, feel free to give us a rating or a nice review. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story.